Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. We've just lost 90% of our young audience. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All you want. You create a disagree. <laughs> Disney fight. <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. Oh. Uh, so many viewers. We just lost something. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And season four begins. <laughs> that's the wrong. That, yeah, that was, that's like a that's Halloween one. Horror. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You're, come on. I'll add some Barry Manilow. We are now in the month of February, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. February. Okay. So we are starting off our season four with a movie that I like quite a bit. Uh, I don't remember if you had seen it or not. I've watched the trailer before. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm talking about Ghost Town, a movie that was released in 2008, September 19th, 2008, starring Ricky Gervais, Tay Leone, Greg Kinnear, Kristen Wiig, who's a small role, Alan Ruck, Billy Campbell. Uh, before I get into the facts, I guess let me get into what actually is ghost town about so real quickly after a near-death experience doing a routine colonoscopy people hating dentist bertram pincus played by ricky gervais is shocked to discover that he is suddenly able to talk to the dead constantly cornered by unhappy spirits who want him to help resolve their earthly problems the misanthropic pincus is driven to distraction eventually talked into helping the dearly departed frank hurley who is played by greg kinnear Pinkus attempts to talk to Frank's widow, Gwen. Basically, Frank is, Greg Kinnear starts off the movie where Greg Kinnear dies. And you find out that he's cheating on his wife, who's played by Tay Leone, whose name is Gwen. Uh, that he is cheating on his wife. He doesn't know she knows, but, but eventually all these dead people are stuck because they have unfinished business. And when they discover that Pinkus, again, played by Gervais, can communicate with them, they are trying to get him to help them. Of course, Pinkus being... Uh, a misanthrope who hates people, which I think me and you can relate to uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he does nothing to do with it. But so eventually his there's a there's a character shift. There's a character change in terms of Pincus and he, he uh, in any kind of movie, he obviously has an arc and it comes to a resolution towards the end where he ends up falling in love with Gwen. And well, I mean, we'll get all to all that. Um, but it's pretty simple. As I, before we started this podcast, I had mentioned to Michael, I guess I got to do the synopsis. And you were like, it's straightforward, which it is. It's yes. very straightforward. So let me get into some of the other uh, facts, I guess, and some of the other players involved. Real quickly, it's Ghost Town is 102 minutes, rated PG 13, had a production budget of $20 million. It's opening weekend, it did $5 million. Domestic, $13 million, and total worldwide, $27 million. So clearly not a popular movie, not a big movie. I guess I noticed it did better in England, which I was I expected because Ricky Gervais is a much bigger. Right. If, for those who don't know who Ricky Gervais is, he was from The Office, the original Office, the BBC version. He's also in Extras, which I kind of like. Uh, that's Extras an HBO really show. Good. Yeah. And he he hosts like the Golden Globes like every other year almost. So which I think he's hosting this year. 
or he hosted, right? I don't know when he's hosting this year, but all his jokes have to go through lawyers this year. He said, so Ugh, give me a break. Oh, anyways, uh, that's, I guess, a topic for another day. Released, <laughs> like I said, released on September 19th, 2008. The same weekend it was released with, uh, against, excuse me, My Best Friend's Girl, Lakeview Terrace, which we've done, uh, well, I'll get to that, Igor and the Duchess. The week before, uh, Righteous Kill was out, The Women, and Burn After Reading. That's why this may sound familiar to you, because we had done Burn After Reading for and our season. Right. <laughs> for our season three premiere, actually. Correct. Interesting. Okay. And the week after Ghost Town... You had Eagle Eye, Knights and Rodantha, Miracle at St. Anna, and Choke. I would guess, since this is kind of like a romantic drama, romantic comedy, probably rom-com almost. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're looking at maybe Knights and Rodantha as its competition. That's the Richard Gere drama where he falls in love with Diane Lane. Yeah. I mean, my best friend's girl maybe as well, a little bit. Although by then it's a little older. Well, you're also in September. And as we always talk about, September is just kind of where they just... Put stuff, yeah. yeah, where they don't really know what it's going to do. I mean, only recently you had the movie It, the chapter one and chapter two, which came out that first week of September, kind of like that was the week. Yeah, but I feel like they dumped It as well, not knowing how it would do. Maybe. So, so two was just put there because one did so well in that spot. Right, and you three-hour horror movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Okay. Uh, directed by David Kep, he also was one of the writers. He wrote this with John Camps. Uh, Kep, we have done a movie for David Kep already called Stir of Echoes, which was in season one. Go, so go back and check that out. Uh, he's also directed The Trigger Effect, Secret Window, which Mike does not like, nope. and Premium Rush, which I don't think you have seen, but it's actually not that bad. I Michael do want to watch yeah, Premium Rush. That's actually not bad. I do like, I, I, I want to throw this out there. Go, go for it. I don't like Secret Window. I do love David Kep, So I don't know why you don't. I, I understand if you don't, you're not into Secret Window, but. It's not a bad movie. I've only watched it the one time, and I really, really, really did not like it. Hey, man, everyone's but got opinions. It's fine. I'll, I'll rewatch it. <laughs> you, you do not have to. Uh, for those who do not know who David Kep is, he is also one of the – he wrote Jurassic Park, The Shadow, which another one that we did. That's right. Uh, Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Angels and Demons. Like I said, Jurassic he, Park. I just said Jurassic Park. Did that you? was the first one oh, I said. I'm sorry. You don't, you don't listen. Clearly, <laughs> Butler does not listen to me when we do these podcasts. Is Phil talking yeah. right now? <laughs> John Camps, uh, who co-wrote this, uh, is responsible for Zathura, which I, I actually like quite a bit. That's a good one. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the 95 movie. So I apologize. I also like that one. Ooh, we're not doing that here. Maybe for Fight Club. <laughs> you want you want some Mortal Kombat views? Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Cinematography by Fred Murphy. Uh, he, he did Trumbo, Eddie and the Cruisers, Hoosiers, which I love. And he also did Stir of Echoes. Music by Jeff Zanelli. He's responsible for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the Pacific series, and House of D. House of D, I think we should do for our podcast with Jack Black and James Marston. No. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then produced one of the producers was Gavin Pallone. Uh, he's produced Drop Dead Gorgeous and Zombieland, among other things. Again, all these people have done, they have tons of credits. I'm not going to sit here and list them all. I just want to list the ones maybe that you are familiar with yeah. out there. I went through kind of the cast. I'm going to do it real quickly again just to... Just to keep the characters' names, I told you that Bertrand Pincus was played by Ricky Gervais. Gwen is Tay Leone. Frank is played by Greg Kinnear. Dr. Prashar, who is uh, Pincus's dental practitioner partner in, in the practice that he has, I'm going to screw the name up, is played by Asif Mandavi. Hey, I think I might have done that right. No, I did it wrong. Asif? Asif. Asif. Okay, I was up close. You were close. You were close. I didn't want to correct you. No, you should correct me. If I get a name wrong, I should be corrected. <laughs> you I can't, was, I can't you be... were just so proud of yourself. I was proud that I thought I got it. Um, <laughs> He was on, uh, he's on The Daily Show, right? He's on The Daily Show. Okay. He was also in The Brink, which is a show we both loved on HBO. He's on that new evil TV. 
that evil show on CBS, that TV show. Oh, is he on I that? Think. I don't know if he's got a recurring role or he's, I noticed that one of his credits was there. I like him quite a bit. He's very funny. Uh, Kristen Wiig is in there. She's real quickly. She's in the, in the beginning. She's the nurse or the surgeon, surgeon. excuse me. Uh, I know there's, uh, what's her name? Uh, who's the, the woman from glow, the TV show Gilpin, Barry Gilpin. Is that oh, wrong? Is that her name? I don't watch. Glow. She's the nurse. That's what I have here. Oh, the dead nurse. Okay. Alan Rook from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Speed is, is his credit is Ghost Dad, which I mean, that's you couldn't give a name. Well, not a lot of people in this have names. And the Rocketeer is Richard, who is uh, Gwen's uh, lo- love <laughs> <laughs> uh, love interest in this movie before Pincus uh, rips him rips her from him. And we we de- actually Taylor and we just did uh, the Family Man. So yes, you, yeah. Produced by Spyglass Entertainment, distributed by DreamWorks, and that is it for facts. I mean, I've got other ones, but they're not a lot. There's not a lot in this, like, for this movie in I terms feel of like online. When you, when you got a romantic comedies, I don't think you're going to have a big filming notes and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel I like they're pretty like, straightforward. I, I'm looking for, like, how things are shot. I'm looking for, you know, techniques if they were used. Like, uh, right off the bat, the one thing I love about this movie is the writing. I love the writing. But also, I like the fact that it was shot in New York. I like the fact that it's... New York is one of the almost one of the characters in this movie. I love the time lapse shots. Yeah, I think those yeah. are some of the best uh, New York City, and, and you see it all the time. The time lapse of New York City. I think those shots, um, they kind of bookend the movie. Mm-hmm. Are some of the best time lapse shots of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is an interesting movie because I don't. I only know a few people that a friend, me and my buddy, really love this movie because there's a, a ton of a ton of quotable lines in this movie. And I've always said this to you. Um, this, I think I've said this to you, and I've always said this to whoever. This movie has one of my favorite like last lines in a movie. Like one of my. You've been favorite. telling me that for I, years. Yeah, I love, I love the the final. It's it's actually two lines, or you know, it's a, it's a dialogue, but I really like it. And I always tell people, you know, when when you know when they recommend a movie, I always I try to recommend Ghost Town. I don't th- I don't think people like it as much as I like it, but that's fine. I mean, to each his own. I know Butler probably didn't like it that much because he's you know he doesn't have a heart, so. <laughs> But I guess, why don't you tell? What? How about let's 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 go negative. How about that? We go negative. I like how you just assume I don't like this movie. I do. So we're just gonna we're just gonna let you assume all this. Go ahead. Well, you tell me then. Open your mouth <laughs> and say something. It's a podcast. No, 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 no. Because you no. didn't ask me if I liked it. And you usually okay. start with that. I don't so want it. So I'm trying. I'm, let's. It's the let's, new season. Let's begin. New with, new season. I'm trying to add something new. Let's begin with the negative. He is the dentist with the worst teeth I've ever seen in my life. He's British and. <laughs> that is actually a false statement. <laughs> uh, England, on average, actually have better teeth than Americans. So what I'm, what you're telling me then is that all the British people that have bad teeth are the ones that go into TV and film. Exactly. Is that what you're There's saying? A stereotype that uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just not as concerned with keeping them perfect. Well, uh, his teeth are. Come on, uh, mine aren't perfect. Mine are perfect. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Old Invisalign. This episode brought to you by Invisalign. <laughs> oh, man, can I get it for free? Because I've always wanted it. There's a commercial that's on the TV, and, it, and the, the woman's like, we went to our dentist, and we asked, is there any other option other than braces? And the guy's obviously like Invisalign, but I would picture every dentist would be like, no, braces. <laughs> <laughs> we can rip out your teeth and give you some dentures right now. <laughs> All right, so uh, what were we talking about? Oh. <laughs> well, well if we, as, as I mean, that's, that's a silly negative, but. What that uh, that he has a bad just teeth. Just as he's got bad teeth, yeah. supposed to be a bad teeth. I will say, did you know that his name Pincus comes from the inventor of dental veneers, Doctor Charles Pincus? Oh, I didn't know. I just thought it was such a bad. You like that last name? That is well, like that's why you that got that. Is a crotchety man. Listen, that's why you come to here. You come to the facts. You come to the podcast to learn something you might not have known before. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, fine. So that's your only negative. What did you like about the movie? 
That's not my only negative. Oh, man. <laughs> I knew it. The opening title sequence I was not a huge fan of. It felt very amateurish. It, okay. it, it just felt like it was like done on Photoshop. Well, it's a it's small the, movie. I get that it's a small movie, but I mean, it wasn't even like... It just seemed... It's the first thing both me and I watched this with my fiance again, and she had already seen it before. She likes this movie. Uh, she sounds like a smart woman. <laughs> but it just seemed like low quality, like shadow backdrop on just a, a white font, something I used to make on like on my fake movie posters that I used to do in like high school and stuff. It just seemed it, really like, ugh. Why, why, why would that judge your, why would that shade your view of the entire movie? Whether the, whether the, Professional the font bad. was used properly. I just, for some reason, font really gets me in movies like opening credits, end credits, the way they handle it. Uh, so that off the bat was like, uh, I can a little jarring. I can understand what you're saying. Cause what gets me in movies is, you know, story writing and, you know, and oh, no, not filmmaking. Not no, 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 I got you. Got you. Acting it's, doesn't yeah. matter. Story so, doesn't matter. So are you, <laughs> so, so let me get this straight. Are you, are you watching all the way to the credits and be like, Oh, what are you doing with these scrolling credits? No, there have been moments where I've gone through credits and I've just been in the in like if we're like talking at the end when we do our screeners or whatever and we're we're watching them and all of a sudden they start doing the multiple columns mm -hmm. and your your straight credits suddenly have five columns. It's like how am I reading five columns? I put it in the straight column. It's my, an extra what half a minute. Come my on. favorite is when the sound in the movie theater is so loud and bassy that your credits are shaking on the screen and you're just like oh yeah that's quality that's cool. <laughs> and, that, and that has nothing to do with how the movies are how the, the theaters are put together they're put together properly it's, it has to, everything to do with the the audio mix yep uh but we're talking about that's, ghost town that's that's pretty much it there are a couple of awkward moments that i i've talked to you about how that sometimes make me a little uncomfortable oh. it's a, you're watching a gervais movie oh. so you're gonna I get that. i didn't get that at all in this there one. were not it, it wasn't as bad as like when i last time i brought this up was uh krampus it, it does not get to that level okay. it does not get to office levels okay either. well go go ahead tell me what you're thinking about uh there's sometimes when he's trying to talk to her and uh, he mentions some stuff and it's just like it doesn't land right oh we mean in the elevator stuff in the elevator well, he's um, supposed to be awkward yeah or when he goes to see her and he's like and he's talking to her uh about um He's trying to say hi, and he's like, shoes. All right, there you yep. go. <laughs> and they both walk out, yeah. and they both walk out at the same time down the stage. Yeah. So he backs up and <laughs> yeah. walks the other way. Uh, just, just some stuff like that. Um, well, he doesn't know how to talk to people. He doesn't like people. Yeah. Other than that, I, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. So, oh, all right. All go. right. I think <laughs> the one of the, the first line when, when Kinnear gets hit, his character is uh, Frank again. When he gets killed and then they have the New Yorker guys like, he dead? And he's like, he ain't happy. It's like, that's like, that's first of all, you just saw a guy get mowed down. So clearly it's not pretty. And, 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 and you, so I love the fact that it's just kind of like, he ain't happy. Oh, we see this all the time, but that's classic <laughs> NYC, which is fine, which I love it. And I love that he is really rude. I don't know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't like the fact that Pincus is so rude to people. He's beyond like, but I love it. And I, and I shouldn't. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just he's such a jerk, and it's just kind of like what I like about. I think what I like about his him being a misanthrope. It's not explained away by some kind of condition. I think that too many times, like nowadays, you know, when you have somebody on screen that's a, uh, if he's a jerk or he doesn't like people, they they kind of like try to categorize it as socially awkward or you know anxiety right, disorder yeah. or something like that. You know, you there are people that are just jerks, and I like that. I like that it's not explained away because that's a, that's a whole other track you got to take, and that 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 would not help the movie yeah, in any regard I mean, they kind of do that with his uh with sarah well though he's he's a jerk he's the way he is because he was hurt 
but right. by, by someone. So no, he shuts up. I'm saying like he doesn't have a disorder of uh, some sort. Well, there are some people medication. who are just jerks, not uh, just because their la- their lady left them. Some like, people are just jerks. I believe with. we are both looking at two jerks, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have <laughs> like a podcast of two jerks. jerks. We're not mean enough on our podcast. No, anyways. we're not real. I think we're we're we want to be jerks, but we're not. <laughs> no, I think I've always just I always take the tact of the, the description of when I'm a, a not a nice person. I'm trying to be a nice person. No, no, new year, new me, that kind of crap. <laughs> But when we're at work and we're like in True Detective, do you ever see the first season of True Detective? No. When Woody Harrelson's trying to explain to Matthew McConaughey, you know, like there are bad people in the world, like, but we're bad people. We're the bad people to keep the other bad people out. <laughs> so we're, we're jerks to people that are jerks. Like I'm perfectly nice at work. I am. I'm. A, you know I'm nice at work. I have good customer service skills. <laughs> but when somebody comes up with an attitude thinking that they can just crap all over us because they've had a bad day, well, that's not going to fly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to fly. I, I can't. Oh God, I can't stand it. But anyways, but I'm not. I'm I'm really a nice guy. Hey guys, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> so many viewers. We just lost so many. <laughs> Please, evidence started. That's true. Uh, <clears throat> so he obviously in the beginning has a colonoscopy, and that's when he dies for seven minutes, and that's when he. That's the whole version of him. He can see dead people. I love that scene. Have you ever had colonoscopy? No, I I, I don't love the idea of the colonoscopy. I, I yeah. just love the scene when he gets in the room with the big guy. Oh, when they're in the small area and he's not yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> Pointing to the, the files. You'll be happy to know that we have a strict three strike policy here. <laughs> he hit two strikes on him. <laughs> Sometimes when uh, the procedures, everything that, that looks good, that looks good. All right. Yep. <laughs> well, back to the colonoscopy because when he had it, he had to do the three shake thing. Uh, I've no, I've never done three. Sh- I've never known that. I've never known three shakes. You only take, I've had like, it's like a little, it's a little smaller thing and you mm-hmm. have to take one half of it. And another half of it, it tastes disgusting. It's like you have to chase it down with like water or something. It's it's like pure gag reflex when you're drinking it. It's terrible, and it's and it's and the aftermath is not painful. You just have to go. But it's just oh, when he's, when he's it, knocking on the yeah, you waiting. just you gotta go. It just clears you out. That's well, basically what it is. Did he have a colonoscopy or did he have something a little further? Because they said surgery. I well, so if I I feel like they they went a little further than I just they they say in the thing it says colonoscopy in their I synopsis. Know, I, yeah, they say that. Well, they knock they do knock you out because I was knocked out when I had mine. Yeah, but you don't go see a surgeon like that. And get they, I, well, you just go I to a regular know. practitioner. I mean, right? yeah. Uh, well, you would do you don't do it at a hospital. Right. You do it at a, what I, I had a, like, was like, you know, when you go like a patient kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. But this is also what? This is, well, what year are we in? <laughs> this is 12 years ago. So it's 11 years ago. Maybe it's different. I don't know. I, I, because I, I didn't have mine 10 years ago. I had it a, a long time ago. So I don't know. I don't know. It's not something I'm looking forward to when I get older. You have, you have to have them as, as you get older. Good luck. <laughs> don't actually say ass feeling. <laughs> I like when uh, Kinnear's sitting down at the bar and he's telling him, oh, yeah, how's that feel? I, I haven't had that done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, one of the things I like overall about this movie, because I know we're just sitting here talking about, you know, butt uh, stuff. quotes and stuff, butt <laughs> and ass feelings and butt stuff and all that stuff. One of the things I liked is just the ease of the storytelling, just how it's, I don't, when I say simple, I don't mean that as a negative. I I mean that as a positive. I think too many right. times you have movies that are trying to cram in other subplots. They're trying to make, for whatever the reason, the writer did it, or there was a note to increase someone's, you know, uh, uh, minor character's uh, story arc to give her more stuff to do, True, or more yes. stuff to do, or an actor wants more stuff to do. There's just an ease to the storytelling in this movie where it's very simple. And I say again, I say that in a complimentary way, right? That you just 
end up just watching and enjoying and and you're able to enjoy the jokes you're able to enjoy just and they're not like it's not like Gervais is doing stand up I mean I guess there's our you know what I mean he has pieces but yes he doesn't yeah right it's not as freestyle it's not as improv as I think right. some of his other uh, stuff I sure think. but it's within the conversation of of whatever they're like when he's talking to the Rocketeer. And <laughs> Billy Campbell. Just keep calling him. No, no, just keep calling him. The keep calling him. I, 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 Richard. He's Richard in the movie. And they're having dinner, and he calls him over, and he was like, you know, he's talking about how he was over in Thailand or Taiwan or one of the another, and he was talking about how he was, you know, dealing with prostitution and right. with these women. They don't have any health care, you know. And when I go back, and he goes, oh, you're still you're still in the sex trade, and like he didn't get the joke, and and like Gwen's laughing, and yeah. and he's just like, oh, what, uh, you know. And Richard's just kind of like. I guess to quote my my son, a noob, and he doesn't understand, <laughs> understand what's going on. Like that kind of stuff. Those kind of jokes are within the context of what's happening in front on the screen. It's not Gervais pulling from one of his routines or oh, as, as yeah. a lot of comic comics will do, which is annoying. Yeah, he's got he's got a couple where it's almost like a routine, like the thing about the Chinaman's name. True. Um, yep. Yep. That, okay. That's a little. That's okay. a little bit of a bit. Mm-hmm. I would say the only joke that pulled me out is when he's trying to get the Rocketeer to uh, <laughs> to talk about what he and Gwen had talked about, and he's trying to interrogate him, and he goes to Doctor Passar, and he's like, "You're from a war torn country, right? You know, like yeah, that yeah. that bit was almost like out of character for him. Like he's mean, but like at no point did we get he was racist. Yeah, sir. Yeah, that, yeah, I can and, see that. And that yep. that kind of took me out a little bit. That yep. one joke was like, ah, uh, that was unnecessary. Yeah, I can see that. That that's understandable. There's being an asshole, and then there's being irreprehensible. That's, yeah, come on. Is Prashad the one that tells asks says to him, "You've got a problem with people"? No, is that is that is that Frank? That's Frank. No, okay, you got a problem. Like, Don't yeah. be such a yeah. fucking dick. <laughs> it's like you got a problem with people. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I liked the, even though it's green screened at the end, I almost have like, my note is green screen sighting when Pinkus gets hit by the bus. Oh, I, I like going to have that as my complaint. Oh, really? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not talking about whether that's a complaint or not. You can find, you can have that as a okay. complaint. Yeah. No, that's fine. I'm saying that I, I like the fact that they repeated the same death that Frank had when Pincus gets hit with the jacket in the I, air. I, yes. I do like that. That's what that I'm talking about. Like. No, no, no. You don't. Go no, ahead. It's, it's, it's poorly done. It points, it, it's poor. Yeah. yeah. If, if you watch movies, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do watch hey, enough I, movies. I watch movies. Yeah. As, as soon as he walked down the steps, I was like, he's not there. He's not there. He's getting hit by a car. Something's <sighs> happening. He's highlighted. He's got black highlights on him. But here's the thing. It's I, so poorly done. I want See, that's why I wish there were more notes on this, because I wonder why they had to green screen that. Like. Did they not? Did they? Is that a pickup? You know what I mean? Like, did they not? Did they not yep. have audio when they did it? Because they were there. Yeah, I was gonna say the other shots are clearly in front of this. That's museum, the, or the uh, National History Museum. So, as far as I know, that's the only green screen shot. As far as I know, that's the only poorly done green screen. Well, shot I mean, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, I guess. No, I, I guess. I mean, Kinnear's was probably at the beginning. His was probably uh, Frank's death was probably green screen. No, I don't think so. Was it? I'd if, have to go uh, back. Gervais's was. Well, but I'm saying the reason why Gervais's was, was be, or excuse me, Pincus's was um, because maybe they didn't have a good audio for the last, you know what I mean? Maybe there was a reason why they couldn't get the shot. I don't know. I'm just, know. I'm asking. I, I like that it's, I like that it's bookended with the same two accidents, but I don't like how telegraphed it was for the audience. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my only complaint. Okay. That's, that's it. Just, it's just like the whole time I'm watching, I was waiting. It's like when you have certain things in movies and even like video games do this where things are, are slightly off color in like a set and you're like, that's a secret door or that's going to be this. Oh, right, right. This. And it's just like you're waiting for it to happen. And it's like, 
that's that's the best part for me because then I don't have to try to figure anything out. <laughs> I know that there's something. And then you but then you see in the games you see something and you're like it's not really ready to be activated yet until like you know, ten minutes later, okay. you're just like, oh, "What am I wasting my? This is something I can't can do it now." <laughs> it's like the old school Doom game where you're just like clicking on the the walls because you know one's a secret wall. This one's slightly greener than the other. It open. It's like, oh, come on. Well, I'm not a. I I don't want to be challenged as a gamer. I just want to play the game. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but that's the same thing. I don't want to be. It's like, but do you want to be challenged as a viewer? Like, I I don't want to. I don't want and things this? telegraphed to me like that. Well, we. That's but you're like, also an experienced movie watcher, as you said before. Well, the, yeah, but. Someone who watches movies is going to pick that Somebody up. Somebody who doesn't is not going to pick that up. No. And those movies, these movies are for people that, these are for general audiences. You know what I mean? Which I, I yeah. kind of wish that this movie caught on more. I kind of wish that more people were attracted to this movie. I don't, I don't know. Do we want to talk about why it's forgotten? Ooh. <laughs> well, it's almost as if we have a podcast with that. Yeah, go ahead. Why do you think? I think it's because of Gervais. Because he. This is 2008. Yeah. He's just kind of becoming something in America at this point. He's not exactly leading man looks or style. He's not particularly jokey. You don't get a lot of what makes him unique and funny at this point. And I think maybe that kind of tears people away. You're also, your other lead is Taya Leona. Leona. <laughs> Taya Leone, who at this point is kind of, she doesn't, hasn't done a lot at this point. Like I, I talked last episode, she kind of falls off a little bit. Maybe because she had her kids and she has a family, which like we talked about is fine. It's sure, great. Sure, sure. But now you're kind of. You've got two lesser, less popular leads, and David Kep's. We love David Kep, and I'm sure people who like film like David Kep, but he's also not like directed by David Kep, mm-hmm. and and it's a it's a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. which generally speaking usually has Matthew McConaughey in it as <laughs> someone who just couldn't grow up. Right, right. So I feel like that's probably why it kind of took people out, and and it's also not released around Valentine's Day, which I was surprised about. Well, that's just... September, I would think it would be right. like a February release would have done better, or something closer to the winter season. Seems to be when a lot of romantic comedies kind of come out. Well, The Office was 2001 to 2003. That was for him, and then you're not... So I understand why you know, American audiences... Because this is back when you weren't... Everything wasn't readily available to you for streaming and stuff like that. Right. So... Because I remember when the original, and I like the American Office. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like the American Office, but I've always preferred the British Office version. I just, I don't know why. I, I, I like the humor. I like him because you like that awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> I like his. I like his dry humor. I, I. There's a lot of stuff, and plus, they came first. So that, right. that to me, that kind of. Well, the first season of the American Office is essentially which I, a photocopy, which of I hated. An Americanized right. photocopy of the British one. Yes. Yeah, which I couldn't stand when it first came out because I'm like, I've seen this already, you know, and. But to its credit, it obviously graduated to be its own Went thing. Off and, yes. and it's that's completely great. And it's still and it's funny and it's hilarious. And I still don't have that like, oh, I prefer this one. I don't ever say that. They're two different things. And yes. that's fine. Um, so this movie's two thousand eight, but you have he had just come off of extras on HBO. So I mean he is I know I know what you're saying. And he was he was in Night at the Museum in two thousand six, a small role. He was in Stardust, he was in for, for your consideration. These are all smaller roles in movies. Um that some are good, some are, you know, excuse me, some are successful, some weren't successful. So this is his first starring role in a feature film, yes. Right. And like yeah. you were saying, like, there's no streaming and stuff like, what's it called? The Angliophobia or whatever? Or not phobia. Um, There's like a thing where you're like obsessed with British stuff. I can't remember the name Ooh, of it. Ooh, I don't know what that is. But it's like that, it's it's harder to become that kind of a, a fan or a viewer. Now you have BBC America puts out all this stuff, and BBC America has grown after 2010 to be, very much like a regular channel that most people, a lot of people watch. Mm-hmm. Anglophile. 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 That's the word. Yep. Doctor Who. You've got 
Ricky Gervais now has hosted, like you said, the Golden Globes mm-hmm. countless times. He's been on countless different things. He's more of a personality celebrity. He's not a like he's not like somebody like his new movie's coming out. You're gonna go see Ricky Gervais and like you know what I mean, like a Denzel Washington, like a like a Harrison Ford. He's more of a personality himself. Right, right. You want to see the comedian. You want to see him do jokes. But that's not video. somebody who's guy. like he, he's not like he's very popular. He's but not he's a box not, office draw. Right. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. You're not going. I need, like you said with Denzel, like we've talked about numerous times. Doesn't matter what he's in. That movie doesn't matter what he's in. Can I get the Denzel movie? Absolutely. You're not going. Get me that Gervais picture. Got a new Ricky Gervais movie coming out. Exactly. No, but I know we're. I mean, I don't don't think we're being critical of him because I still think he's great. I love Ricky. He's hilarious. No, no, no. Absolutely. I'm just saying. 2008. I think maybe if this movie came out. Now, a couple years ago, if if it came out now, this this is not a 20 million dollar movie. This is a higher. My harm. Actually, it's probably more of like a five million, so someone could buy it. But yeah, I don't know. But you still, but you have a I'm strong saying, cast. I'm just saying a a more popular the way he's popular now. If he was popular back then, at that point, this mm-hmm. movie might have done a little better. Sure. Uh, I think I think that goes into just his box office draw. Maybe why it's forgotten, as you say. I think the fact that it he makes a comment like uh, how everybody oh, what was the comment he says something like oh what everyone wants a fat British middle aged man yeah in a romantic comedy or something like that like I think that's a tough draw I'm sure for and we're talking about general audiences I'm sure this did well in New York and I'm sure it did well obviously for people that are fans of him um, but he's the biggest draw I don't think Greg Kinnear is a, the biggest draw here at Leone. I mean they're no. great. They're they're real they're good actors who are are, are great complementary pieces to this. It's his movie. It's it's Gervais's. Oh, movie. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, even like Kristen Wiig is not the big star that she is now. Back then, she's no, still is, from SNL. Yeah, and, yeah, she's still on SNL at this point. Yeah, like she's her star is rising at right. this point. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's probably it's it's almost it's it's a movie that's I like. It's really good, and it's it's got it's almost like even though it's the right time. Uh, in terms of the people involved, the right place, in terms of the director and the writer, it's probably not the right time and right place in terms of becoming a financial success. Right. Uh, uh, would it do well now? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just think it would do better because of of Gervais's star at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I the actors are fantastic. Like Greg Kinnear, the first thing I noticed when he was in it, which I I forgot he was in it. Really. Is, uh, uh, but then I saw him and I was like, I I really like Greg Kinnear, and I don't know like. I haven't seen him in a lot lately. What's he been doing? Well, he was um, recently. He was in the last season of House of Cards. Okay, he played. He was him and his Diane Lane. Actually, again, another Diane Lane shout out here. Uh, they play sit, brother and sister, but they're kind of like I think they're supposed to be like the Koch brothers. And they're this is obviously because Frank is dead now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, spoiler alert! And uh, House of Cards, so they're kind of trying to align themselves against uh, Claire in the movie. So they're bad. They're not good or whatever. Uh, he's in a lot of like he's. Been in a lot of like smaller stuff. Uh, he was in the Brian Banks movie. He's in, uh, he I think he had a couple episodes on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, but I have because I'm I'm going through his uh, IMDb. Yeah, I'm going through his IMDb page. He's in a bunch of stuff coming out, but he's he was in he's in the Netflix one, the Red Sea Diving Resort. Okay. Yep. Okay. And but he's he he's in the Stand TV series that they're. Oh, they're is he going to be in the so, Stand? So so okay. he's he's probably just you know some sometimes you got to take a break. I guess I don't yeah, know. That makes sense. I mean, he was doing a lot in the early 2000s. He's. So. I don't know if you've seen um, the Mark Wahlberg movie Invincible, where he plays. Yes, he's really good in that. He he's, plays. Uh, I think he's Dick really Vermeil. good in pretty much everything. Not Dick Vermeil. No, I think it is Dick Vermeil. He plays. Yeah. Anyways, and he's got he's got the chops that he can do comedy and uh, drama, which not a lot of people can. No, and he's from the Soup, the original Talk Soup. Oh, is he? Yeah, you remember that? 
I remember he was Joe McHale version. Well, did, well Joe McHale. I know like he wasn't the first the host, fourth host. I forgot, yeah, I forgot yeah. who the, fourth or fifth host. He was the original. Um, to when it was called the Talk Soup, and then so he I think, started comedy kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. But so, and then he went from there to to acting. Well, they're mostly all of them are actors when they're doing the shows. Yeah, right. So, no, yeah, no. So well, cool. He'll be back. Well, you'll see him again. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the hail? The where it starts to hail in the movie. <laughs> I like the joke that he says, hey, uh, like when he's like doesn't even have the hasn't even had the decency to rain. <laughs> That's what's the worst of the precipitation. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to do an English accent, I but that's what he says. I just feel like that's like, was it so he could say that joke? Was it so he could run into the dentist's office? Like it could have rained. I, I, I don't I, get the hail. Like I don't know. It's, is it an act of God? Because the other not, nothing else seemed like an act of a higher power. When does the hail come again? Uh, as soon as he gets screwed over by Frank. Right. Well, and Frank I, tells him the wrong dream. I think it's just a kick. Well, it's not only that it's hail, but it's also just a huge winter storm. So it's hail and then it rains and it's sleeting and raining. It's icing everywhere. He can't walk. It, it could be two things. It could be just because it's just he is just bummed out now and it's just got terrible weather or they had to deal with it because it's not, it actually happened or something. You know what I mean? Like they had to actually come up with something. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, you know, I didn't I didn't mind it. I just wondered. It might, I, that's, why it didn't bother me so much before, but the more I thought about it, I was kind of like, why? Well, that feels like something that was in the script initially, and they liked it, and there, and you know, and he had a good line, so they just kept it. Yeah. yeah. Two things that I caught in the rewatch that I hadn't before was when him, when Pincus and Frank are watching her do her, watching Gwen do the, the mummy the pres- presentation mm-hmm. at the beginning, and they're talking about what are we gonna do because Frank's. Basically, I, I don't, we haven't even said this yet, but Frank wants Pincus to his unfinished business is to break up Gwen and Richard because he doesn't he, he thinks believes that Richard's that's a jerk. Yes. Right. That's what he thinks his unfinished business is. And when they're watching her do the presentation for the for the mummy that she's about to display, the arrows that point to the mummy behind her and mm-hmm. she's like in the frame, they, they actually point to her and you actually hear like ding, ding, ding. You hear like this audio cue. And then at that moment is when Pincus goes has the idea of like he likes her so he has uh, the idea like okay. well maybe we just need to put an alternative so i didn't notice that like that was almost like his like he was he his realization was attracted to yeah. her. right i didn't notice that which i liked and then I, I i really like when he tells gwen why he can see frank when they're outside they're walking when we talked about when he gets screwed over by frank yes. he tells him the wrong the wrong nightmare mm-hmm. and he starts to tell her and they have the drums that drown it out because we don't need to hear it we already know the story i like that as well right. yeah and and i appreciate that because that's like it's almost like, listen, you've already heard this. Don't worry about it. We'll get to it. And we're back. Exactly. And then ultimately she says, prove it. Tell me the nightmare. Frank screws him over, tells him the wrong nightmare, and she leaves. Um, I like his line, too. I like Frank's line because she's already had a, a self-serving uh, a mm-hmm. jerk. Yeah. She doesn't need another one. Exactly. Exactly. So the whole idea is that these ghosts have unfinished business. And then we haven't even talked about uh, the after the hail comes and, and he is – he is depressed and he tries to get uh, his, his partner to, to, to give him open to, to get a prescription for uh, Percocet. I'm or, not asking for morphine. And then he like looks at him like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then and he Prashad tells him, you know, the whole his whole business of being a complete asshole. Where does it get you in life? That kind of thing. And and then I'm thinking, I go, don't talk to me, ghost town. I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he goes and starts helping those other people alan ruck's character ghost dad you know the the old woman who says you know and they start going uh 
transcending to the other realm. Right. You know, I just, like how they transcend too. I like that it's a, a light ends up getting brighter. Right. Right. And, and, and all that's very touching, and all that's very, just you know, it's nice. It's a. It's I don't know. It's just a nice fifteen minutes of the movie where he, he's not only he's accepting change in terms of in his personality and his life because of you know what had just happened and you're also seeing him complete some of these supporting characters that have been through in this story throughout trying to get him to help him. in the scenes right right uh the only thing that bothers me about that and, and all the scenes are great what what's uh, uh, the first ghost he meets is nurse lady i really wanted him to fix nurse lady's thing i wanted to know what her thing was I mean, that was the very first ghost he met. I was yeah. very surprised that that was not something that we see him fix. Yeah. And I wonder if they shot that as like a deleted scene. Well, there's a ton of them. Yeah, but you would think the very first one that you meet would be would be something you complete. Well, you would think that he's going to continue doing this moving forward, even though he's... In an eight-part miniseries on Netflix. <laughs> Prime Video Presents Ghost Town, the series. <laughs> but who would star in it now? Uh, you'd have to get someone who could play a good mythanthrope. Are we still going British? Uh, I don't know if you need to go British, but you need to go. You need you need to have an unconventional leading man like Gervais. What about Tenet? Uh, a lot of ladies like him a lot. Yeah, but he could be a jerk. He could be a jerk. He plays a good jerk. He so you want you want somebody who who is not likable to begin with. I want someone who's not tall and thin. And, oh, and, well, and I'm not saying I want the part, Butler. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And, and and good looking. I, I want somebody who's a little frumpy around the edges. What about takes like a what about the dude that plays Richard Jewell, and he was in Itania? What about him? That's that's <laughs> that's, that's a, too much. That's too frumpy. Well, maybe you better cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I I would. I mean, but also then I would, now now we're talking. Uh, we're we're delving into the CBS series God Friended Me, which it looks like garbage. So I don't, you know. You've already got Godfrey. What's the other one where he gets the, uh, what was the one where there was the girl and she kept uh, fixing people's problems? What channel? I don't know. You're talking about early edition? That's the one. We, no, I was going to yeah. mention early edition yeah, as well. Yeah, that? Early edition. The, oh, I can't remember her name. The Joan, of, Joan of Arcadia. Yep. Was the title of it. All right, cool. So it's, it's something like that. So these shows have been done. I don't necessarily want to see that series. I just really wanted to see that nurse's show done. <laughs> Uh, her her story. Done. World War II nurse. The series. Uh, these, these shows and the premise of Ghost Town of fixing ghosts unfinished business mm -hmm. is, is not new. Well, but, but in this in this movie, it's not it's not their unfinished business that's keeping them there. It's the it's the living's unfinished business that is keeping them there. Right, because they're, te they're right, almost tethered to those Gwen people. Still, right. Gwen is still hung up on him, on Frank. Um, the the old ladies, her daughters, and the, she's mad at her other sister. Uh, she's mad at her sister because she doesn't understand something. The Irish mafia guy needs him to do a hit for him. <laughs> I know. Listen, it's going underneath my car. Just go get it. <laughs> I don't know. Drive it down. To see. I don't want to know what the naked guy's problem is. Uh, <laughs> I've got a woman. She's still tied up. <laughs> so this is probably. Is this one of our first romantic comedies? Is this that we've done here or? One of the first. It is. I mean, I don't, I, I don't I, think we put a lot of romantic comedies on, I feel, on our list. Well, we I have a few. I feel like, and I'm. I feel like with a lot of podcasts, with a lot of people that talk about movies online, a lot of podcasts that talk about movies, with a lot of movie geeks, movie nerds, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's usually, it's usually males. It's usually guys. Oh, absolutely. And it's 
a movie like this is not a movie that a lot of those people are going to watch or going right. to be drawn to. And number one, that shouldn't be the case. When I first started getting into movies, I mean, I wanted to watch everything because I wanted to, and I liked everything. I like all t- different types of stories. Right. I mean, I don't necessarily respond to horror as much because I actually, I always like story more than gore or what's happening. I can appreciate the stuff that's happening, but a horror movie for me that has a really good story is one that I like. Right. You don't have to like all these. You don't have to like romantic comedies. Well, it's the thing about romantic comedies is a lot of time, I think they're the, the same thing as horror movies, but dealing with emotion and then i like the schmaltz right they use schmaltz like sure. horror movies use gore and, and i think schmaltz that's over substance but i think a lot of people view that as a negative and that's oh, they a lot should. of guys absolutely yeah, yeah. And, I, and a lot of people view just the corniness of certain things as a negative and it's only corny because it's true it's only corny because it's making you feel something right you know what i mean so the fact that he's hates people which is what we love <laughs> i think we both can agree you can't live life like that so eventually you yeah, have to, Prashar is right. You had this, the business of being a jerk, such a, a major asshole yeah. has to, it doesn't lead you anywhere that you want to be. If you want to be somebody who's accepted by other people and, and friends with people and just kind of not accepted in terms of life. just, yeah. right. Just somebody who people like to talk to and say hi to and stuff like that. You, know, you, if you're going to consistently act like a jerk and not like people, people aren't going to like you and you're going to be alone. Yep. So, but I would, I just think that it, it would be nice to see more movies like this talked about in terms of like everybody loves Joker and that's fine. Joker's a great movie. Fantastic. But it's like there are other really good movies that have done the same thing that Joker has done. And I think people don't watch them. You know what I mean? Like story wise, not not the Joker storyline, but storyline. I get that. You know, like I'm uh, uh, somebody who is misunderstood by society, somebody who lashes out, somebody who turns a dark path, that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that because it's a comic book movie, because it's a certain type of movie, I think only certain type of people like that, like movie geeks, movie lovers, will respond to that better than a movie like, uh, this is a bad example, yeah, but like Ghost Town. Yeah. No, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that you can't stop discounting movies that are based in a genre that you don't normally watch. What's interesting is, I was actually, when I was in the car driving up to this spot, I was thinking about, because... Um, Andrew Morgan from the Nomcast posted yesterday about you know, what I tell you about favorite? free plugs. <laughs> Sorry, you know we know Andrew. It's fine. Okay, uh, he had posted uh, something on Twitter like, "What's your favorite not, uh, Netflix original movie?" So I was in the car, thinking, you know, I hadn't watched, you know, Marriage Story because and that and it's, it's sad. It's something that I don't really respond to, and it's probably something like you sure. said. It's not. It's it's too, I guess, real. And I like Adam Driver, and I I, yeah. I do kind of want to see it. But at the same time, it's like when I'm at home. And I want to watch a movie. Uh, yep. I don't want to watch a marriage fall apart. It, it, it's so realistic and so true and real. It's like that's sad. And it's almost oh. like a vo- like it's so real, like you're almost like a voyeur and it's it's almost uncomfortable. Sure. Absolutely. And I think that's why I respond more to something a little more like Joker. Just pepper something in mm-hmm. that that suspends my disbelief at least a little bit. Sure. Uh, the same with what's the Sam Mendes movie with Leonardo? DiCaprio? Oh yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. Revolutionary Revolutionary Road. Road. It's like it's a fantastic, fantastic film. movie, but it's very tough to watch. It's tough to watch. That's also like American Beauty, which I don't like, but oh, I, that's see, something I, I would more watch, watch because American it does Beauty. have that little yeah. suspension of disbelief. You get his inside his mind a little bit, and it, mm-hmm. it kind of bends the reality slightly. Well, the the storyline so in American like that. Right, the storyline in American Beauty is what's more heartbreaking in that one is is the Chris Cooper storyline with Wes Bentley because he thinks his son's gay yes. and he's you know doesn't want he, he wants something to do with it because he's actually somebody who likes men and he can't admit that and so yes that storyline is very tragic to the f- 
point where he goes over and obviously kills uh, Spacey's character. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's still like that's parts of that movie are a little less realistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that kind of allows, I, I think, the more like of you were like me into it, like mm-hmm. you're saying. Sure. So when you get a movie like Ghost Town, let's try to try that back. Sure. You get the ghost aspect. You get that romantic comedy aspect. But there are touching moments where it's like trying to teach you that lesson of not being a misanthrope, not being such sure. a jerk to everybody. And I guess it's almost like an entry into that. What I, I guess what I'm trying to say. And, and to your point, which I agree with, and what I'm trying to say is if, if you're somebody that appreciates the cinematic arts, you're somebody, I, I love movies. I love all movies. <laughs> like people who say that. Oh, right. I love movies. I'm such a movie aficionado. We, I mean, we've talked about this before. People are like, oh, I've never seen a movie past 1993. It's like, you know, then you're not a movie oh, aficionado. I, no, I get it. I know, I know who you're talking about when you mention <laughs> that. So it gets me so mad every time yeah. I hear that quote. It's, you're not then. I mean, you don't, I'm not saying that you have to go and watch every single dramatic movie or every single rom-com but you do need to watch other genres in order to appreciate the genre that you're watching oh absolutely more. i mean yeah and if you talk about how it's mostly guys not watching like ball up and, and feel something for once oh you know? absolutely stop penting everything in stop acting like it's weak to like so like i i didn't tear up in this movie but it's a nice movie and it made me feel good at the end you know i tear it's up not, i tear up at, well now that we're gonna bring it back you're gonna bring it back to that line well, i tear up at the last <laughs> line so at the last line of the movie so he's a dentist he actually gets hit by a bus and then i guess it i want to say it's like six months later right or eight months later something like that it's he's gotta, remarkably it's be, he's remarkably no yeah. ill effects which is fine it's a movie and uh he he's at, at the office and gwen shows up and she says you know she talks to him about I haven't seen you, and she's like, you know, my teeth still, my you know, bad molar con. She's like, yep. oh, I'll step on in and I'll help you out. And she's like, no, I made the appointment for Shard. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. You know, he's a great. He, he has it, that line. He's like, he's a much better dentist than I. Yeah. Don't tell him. You know, you you see that he's obviously there's a shift. In he's his, been a changed guy. Yeah, absolutely. And Frank tells him the real nightmare that he has, and he tells her that. So she leaves, and then she comes back. So after she, he just tells her just because he wanted to tell her, and he's gone. He went to a better place. He says mm-hmm. he, he moved on to. He found his way home. That's what he says. Yeah, yep. So she leaves and then she comes back and she, all she says, it hurts when I smile. And all he says, like, I can fix that for you, which is great because obviously he's a dentist, but that's not what he's saying. And, you know, that's not what she's saying. And it's just like, right. it's, it's a line that it's a simple line that you read on the page, but it means countless things. It means other things. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a great way to end the movie. It's a great way where you're like, oh, right. Excellent. You know what I mean? So that gets me a little emotional. <laughs> It hurts when I smile. I'll fix that for you. I love it because I love the writing. I love just the machination of what went into that. I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 I'm appreciative of that. It's Kep. It's <laughs> no, absolutely. Kep. He's a great writer. Absolutely. He's a great writer. You talk about how there's no extraneous things. That's always Kep's MO. Mm-hmm. His movies always flow. They're always quick. The one thing I do appreciate about Secret Window because there's a plot, it sticks to it. Yeah, it's a very short movie, mm-hmm. and it's just like this is our plot, this is our story. Your movie shouldn't. Kep does not do a lot of subplots in in anything yeah. that I can think of that he's done. Your movie shouldn't be long. I'm sorry. Uh, right now, I know that our next episode is a three hour movie, but and that's fine. But on par, typically your movie shouldn't be more than two hours. Yes, you should be able to tell your story w- within. Uh, 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 I say always the sweet spot is an hour and a half to an hour 45. And this movie's what? 102 minutes. I said, yes. let me just check that. Yeah. So there you go. You, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop making things complex when you tell stories these days. Just make it simple. You Keep it simple. Subplots. You don't, you don't. <laughs> the audience just wants to be told a story. It's okay. If it's, it's short, it doesn't have to be 
a, a 300 page opus. No, there yeah. are some movies that could be, but 99.9% yeah. .9 of movies. Sure. Be. And, and I, I get why some of the bigger movies, some of the tentpole movies, some of the world building movies are big because they're, they're building other yeah. movies. And like we've talked about the right. infinity war and Endgame movies. Sure. It's the payoff of twenty movies. They yeah. they've earned a little bit of extra screen time. That, and and that typical movie right. does not. And that's fine. I know what you're getting yourself into. That's fine. But like, they don't all have to be like that. Yeah. You know. And and even to the point where you have these horror movies that are like you have The Conjuring, The Conjuring Two, The Nun, Annabelle. They're all in the same. Those are short. Those aren't long. Most and they them. do the same. They do the right. same thing. You know. So yeah, it's they do the same thing with world building. I really think people should. Uh, I know that. If you don't see the movie and you listen to us first before you see the movie, it's kind of it's kind of weird. But I hope that you did watch the movie and you did appreciate it a little bit. It's got a great soundtrack. It does. You got the Beatles song in the beginning, which is the first time that song had ever been used. Right. Um. It's it's got a couple songs where like you can just you you had you said when you're at work. Today, oh, yeah, you I was playing Citizen Cope and it's got John yeah, Mayer. Uh, I'm sorry, honestly, John I'm Mayer's good. I might <laughs> play it tonight when I'm counting money. It, it's just really it's they're really good songs. This is just a really good movie, and I I'm glad you liked it. I did. Um, and I, if you just give it a shot, if you if you're with a significant other and you want to just watch <laughs> something one night, it's not a, it's not a terrible watch. It's absolutely not. It's definitely worth your efforts. Yes. And it's not super schmaltzy either. It's no. it's not. But who cares? Yeah. Who cares if it's super schmaltzy? The schmaltz is fine. Yeah. But it, it doesn't rely on that. It's yeah. it's a really well done romantic comedy. Absolutely. And uh, I think it was a good movie to kick off uh, season four. Yeah. And so close to Valentine's Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day, Mike. I didn't get you anything. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think we're wrapped up i think we're good i think so all right um since we haven't done this in a while i guess let's let's plug some stuff Ooh. we're not going to do this all this will be the first only first and only time we do it so um we'll do it during the premieres yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so we'll guess tell you where we are in our i guess our other other stuff we're doing all um, right you want me to go or you well, want to go first okay I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I haven't written in a while. It's kind of ticking me off. Uh, it's, we've been really busy at work and uh, with life and stuff like that. So um, I have been doing, there's a couple things I'm doing. I know I've talked about where I was going to be shooting the short film. Mm -hmm. That's actually going to happen uh, in the next couple of weeks. We are actually physically circling dates and we're going to be doing some uh, makeup tests soon uh, in terms of the creature effects and stuff like that. Nice. Part of the reason for the pushback was financial reasons. You know, I got, you know, it's tough to say like, Hey, let's do this movie and I'm spending money on Christmas uh, and <laughs> buying gifts and stuff like that. So you kind of have to like, you know, increase the, increase the pot, if you will. Well, in this case, we're filming we we record in advance. So where are you at? Oh, sure. You're right. Now? So we're, 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 we're right now we're, we're in the first week of January. So by the time you hear this, I would have hoped that we're at least we shot one of them. I think we're splitting up the days. Okay. So I would think that if we have not shot one day, maybe we hopefully we've shot we've shot two. So it's going to be a three day shoot because it's three different locations, and one of the locations is we're outside for most of the location. We're running around downtown Danbury, so it's going to be cold. So it's going to be a long. So we're like let's just do it one night, and that's the only we only do that stuff. Let's yeah. not worry about. Plus, ever since. Um, Ever since watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and now watching 1917, I just want to do one shots. Although I just want to, I want to do just one solid shots. And the first, the actual first, uh, first scene in the in the short is one shot, which nice. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about. Because um, me and uh, the guy I'm working with, Renato Agio uh, from uh, Our Media, we're both like in tune with like what we want to do. You know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm all in on one shot. So I mean, I, if I could do an entire movie one shot, I would. So Sam Mendes, awesome. 1917 is fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. So that's what I should be doing. Uh, I going to be start. I I know that I had been 
before I was writing a bunch of stuff. I, I've almost finished the second short story. Um, hopefully going to start another one, but it's just basically just this. We're doing the podcast and I'm doing another podcast with a friend of mine, a friend of ours, actually, that we're not really going to announce yet, but we're just kind of like recording and stuff like that. So it's been, it's basically watched just me and you just watching a lot of movies. Yep. We've, been guest, we've been guesting on a, a couple of podcasts, uh, just kind of meeting other people, just trying to, I guess our big thing this year is to get our stuff out there and get our name out there. 2020 is uh, a year of forgotten cinema. Help us out. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Mike. I've rambled. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you can also visit Mike Field and uh, all his stuff at michaeldfield.com. See, this is what I'm talking about. I, uh, we talked about it last episode. I need a posse. I need a po- I mean a pitch man. Who wants to join my posse? I got your back, man. <laughs> I'm not paying you. I'm ta- I'm serious about the five percent of what I bring in. If you want to just be the pitch man, go ahead. All right. <laughs> uh, this is Michael Butler here. I've got two other podcasts I do. I've got Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, a podcast about bruise news and pop culture reviews, where we talk about beer, uh, usually beer, sometimes it's wine. We talk about the brewery, we talk about the style, we talk about the history of the different uh, type of beer or wine we're, we're drinking at the time. And uh, while we're taking, after our tasting notes, we start talking about the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So what's on Netflix, HBO, Hulu, TV, all that kind of good stuff, what's coming up, what's already out. And then I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games uh, about all things video game related. News, previews, reviews on all current systems, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, PC, and VR. Both of those podcasts are available wherever podcasts are available. And you can visit us at social medias at Crack One Open or at Two Player Bros. I've also probably got another podcast in the works. However, I'm recording at the moment. It probably won't be released until the spring. And uh, so I will announce that at a later time. Uh, Sorry, was that inappropriate? Uh, I don't know. At, at, at this point in the recording, maybe I've done some acting at this point. We'll see. Ooh, what are you doing? What are you in? I don't, I don't Where know. Where have you been? Nothing. Listen, now. you want to do some community theater together? I want to get, <laughs> get back in? <laughs> you ain't got time. You got like eight podcasts. Seriously. Now you've got eight podcasts. No, I, <laughs> man, I just, can, can one of them make money? And, of course, we've got Forgotten Cinema. That's us. So we are available wherever podcasts are available. You're already listening to us at some place. You can also visit us on all the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod. We're available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. You can contact us on our contact page on that website or on social media. Let us know what you guys want to see, and we will do it at some point. We promise. We might take a little while to get to it, but we'll move some stuff around for you if you need to. Uh, And we've got a merch page as well where we've got T-shirts, mugs, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, leggings actually as well. Oh, leggings. So you can visit our merch page. Uh, get us some. Get us some money so we can get, <laughs> get us some things. money. Jeez. We, we need. We need to do bigger and better things. Forgotten <laughs> cinema. Twenty twenty is the year of forgotten cinema, and we need you guys to help. You're, out. Put, you're putting a lot of pressure. What if it's not? I'm the so year? sorry. Get 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 your loved one something for Valentine's Day. Get them something nice. Get them a nice pair of forgotten cinema leggings. Quality. I'm here to pimp us out. <laughs> That's fine. And uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll join us next week. We're going to be doing the very long uh, three hour. <laughs> we're going to be doing Meet Joe Black, starring Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins, Claire Forlani, Jake Weber, Marsha Gay Harden, and Jeffrey Tambor. I can't believe I remember the entire cast. Nice. Good. All right. Uh, we'll be doing that next week. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Field. I'm uh, Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. At some point in your life, you're going to have to stop and ask yourself the ultimate question. 
this business of being such a fucking prick. What is it really getting me? <laughs>